You're listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. Uh, when I first started playing, I kind of got this uh, almost like like my fingers were getting twisted up playing it because there's there's different um, the you basically use the entire controller. All the buttons have some sort of function. Eventually, you, you kind of work your way into it as you no. build up onto it, obviously. Um, it's like what the Native Americans some... do with the buffalo. They use all the parts. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do wish that there was a, a, a way to remap controls. Because mm. uh, there's a couple of them that are less intuitive, at least for the way that I play and the way that I think. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to be able to like remap them yeah. to where it would make more sense for me. But now that I've played it some more since then, I've I've gotten yep. I don't know more comfortable with it, and it's becoming much more second nature. The muscle to... memories. Come yes, to yes. Like we live in a in a day and age where you should be able to remap control right? for any game. Thank you. I exactly. was just exactly. playing. Uh, not to give away the topic too soon, but I was just playing uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Nice, uh, nice the weekend. And uh, lamenting that, yeah, it, it felt like where the fire or, or attack and jump buttons were should be reversed. And I kept, mm-hmm. I kept like accidentally going into the menu because that's a button instead of start or option, you know, the normal button that it should be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why mm-hmm. would you do this? And then, yeah, no way, no way to remap that. So, yeah, uh, no, I've I'll run just into die the same problem with, with Phoenix Rising. It's so much like Breath of the Wild, but like. Not the attack buttons are all in the same. They're they're all in the wrong place. Like uh, to attack, you have to use, you use the right shoulder buttons and the right trigger. What for oh. both? For like the quick attacks and the strong attack. Like that's so that's unintuitive like, for me. Yeah, but that's they like let you remap everything. Okay, so that's oh nice. nice. Yeah. I remapped everything to the Zelda controls. Like okay. <laughs> Yeah. Why wouldn't they do that by default? Yeah, unless you're a first-person shooter, you should not have the main attack button mapped to any Agreed. of the trigger uh, yeah. controls. Agreed. Uh, you know, that's uh, uh, hot takes like that that you'll get on this podcast, 16-Bit Gladiators. That's right. This is our video game-themed podcast uh, where every week we come together to talk about video games, uh, topic or uh, genre or franchise uh, or mood, as uh, I guess we're coming to this week. Right here on the Next Wave Radio Network. Uh, I am joined every week uh, by Jay Our Gannon. network of one podcast. Hello, yes, you know, we, we ebb and flow. Sometimes we uh, have some overlap, as we did last year. Maybe we will again someday. But uh, yeah. it's still a network. They're loosely connected. Uh, and connecting that tissue together is uh, my co-host, Jay Gunn. How are you, Jay? Hello, hello. Doing great. And as always, Joe Cucinani joining us once again on the mic. Professional radio host, Joe Cucinani. Yes. Good evening, everybody. Oh, <laughs> apropos, uh, since on this very spooky episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators, where we're talking about video games, and namely, video games we like to play around the Halloween season. That's right. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I've been watching movies and getting in the mood for a Halloween yes. uh, all the way back in September. And the same goes for the video games that I play, uh, and I think... Uh, my co-hosts today uh, are of the same mind, uh, and probably you are as well, listener, if you're listening to this podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more about this podcast, we have a website, 16bitgladiators.com, uh, where you can find links to subscribe to this uh, here podcast as well. Just check us out on the socials. We have a Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators there, and of course, on the Twitters, at 16-Bit Gladiators. Uh, if you can't remember that, just remember our, our website, 16 
So this week uh, is our, uh, I was going to say annual, but this is the first year we've done this, but uh, soon to be annual. I like when they do that, when uh, people are confident and, and they call things, this is the first annual you know, something parade. I'm like, well, you guys, yeah. you guys better, uh, you're, you're setting yourselves up. You better make sure it's a success. Well, I, I did like years and years ago when I first started doing Twitch, uh, I was like, I did the Halloween episode and mm. I was like, I played a bunch of, you know, a bunch of scary games and nice. shit while I was doing it. Played, you know, through like midnight, you know, through the end of the, through the end of Halloween. I was like, yeah, oh, I'm going to do nice. this every year. Didn't do it again. This <laughs> is the first <laughs> annual Twitch Halloween uh, streaming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yes, well, I, I wasn't streaming it last year, but I was doing the same thing, uh, playing some spooky video games around the uh, Halloween season and uh, doing the same. And that's what we're here to talk about. Now, before we get into uh, the topic of games, uh, I wanted to talk about movies. You guys doing anything else to kind of celebrate the uh, Halloween season? I myself just watched a Ghostbusters, which I don't know if you consider that a nice. Halloween movie, but... It's got the ghost right the, there in the, the title. The new one? No. The new one or the originals? No, this you is the You watched the ones uh, with uh, Kristen Wiig and, oh. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that one. I know that's another hot take. I do. I enjoy that one too, though. It's so a taste thing. to watch it. Yeah, I still need to watch it. Like, I, I have nothing against them doing it as the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. The only issue that I had, at least from the way they marketed it, is it seemed like they were essentially ignoring the fact that the original Ghostbusters happened. And they were just like, let's just retell the story of the Ghostbusters and do the exact same thing, but just with women this time. Think of it as, uh, uh, you know, the the Ghostbusters own uh, metaverse. You know, they've got their own Mm -hmm. Ghostverse. Um, Yeah. yeah. In an alternate universe, uh, there were four women. And, you know, like I said, I've I've got no problem with them, with it being women. It's just that it's like, it, like I said, it's like, it it just seemed like they were just, well, thank God, ladies. Did you hear that? Jay Gunn has no problem. (laughs) No, With it's you not that. It's your own Ghostbusters. Movie. It's because like everybody that complained about that movie online basically complained because it was women, and yeah. it's like, who fucking cares that it's, it's women? The same people that are complaining about, yeah. um, um, what's her name, Padme from Star Wars. I can't mm-hmm. remember her name now. Uh, Natalie Portman. Natalie it's Portman. The same people that are complaining about her being Thor, like Thor. in the next Thor oh, movie, yeah. and it's like, guys, it's in the comics for God's sake. Yes. Like, yeah. come on. Your yeah. misogyny is showing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like why why can't why can't there be women heroes? Why can't women take on the mantle? Like there's there's no reason. Yeah. Uh, and and the only reason these people get like bent out of shape is because, you know, they've Incels. got their own little the, yeah, it, well, yeah, incels. But they've got their own little stupid insecurities and like yes. go to a counselor. Go go get yeah. that taken care of. Yes. Like stop making your problem everybody else's. Well yes. said. Well yes. said. On this is a very politically correct episode of the 16 Big Gladiators. Before we get uh, too far high on our soapbox. Now let's talk about the blacks. You know? <laughs> and by blacks, he means the Halloween season and the darkness exactly. that we're exactly. all... Uh, what theater people wear crew, they wear their stage blacks mm-hmm. when they're working the yeah. curtain. There you and go. Like doing, there you like, go. Kabuki yeah, theater. Up. Kabuki theater. Yeah. Yeah, that's yes, what we Kabuki. <laughs> cut that part out, Joel, if you know what's good for you. All of it. The past five yes. minutes just cut out. We'll never see season two of uh, 16 Big Gladiators podcast. Which, by the way, I, I think, uh, you know, since we went from 8 bit to 16 bit, I think we should just keep going with next season and just call it uh, Gladiator 64. Like that we'll just rebrand ourselves. Nice. We're going to skip 32. Yeah, <laughs> like, everybody like, else like did. Nintendo did. Sure. Yeah, everybody yeah. else did. Why not? So, so stick around for Gladiator 64 coming in 2022. <laughs> uh, but for now, yes, we're going to talk about uh, some Halloween games. We were talking about movies. I watched Ghostbusters. Wanted to hand it over That's to you true. guys to see uh, if you're doing anything spooky this Halloween season. 
Well, I haven't done any any movies yet. I usually save like the movies for the the actual week of Halloween. Uh, yeah, you're close. Um, yes, yes. But I am, and it's not really a Halloween movie. It's not really a scary movie. But I am so looking forward to Dune. Oh, Friday. Right. I just I just watched that today. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. Is it is it good? It's, I mean, I don't want to know anything like spoiler wise, but is it at least I, good? Bro, I really, really liked it. Uh, it oh, follows excellent. obviously. It follows the book way closer than David Lynch's version did. Mm, yeah, that's probably not hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I just I love the idea that someone got David Lynch to do their sci-fi epic. <laughs> like, let's yeah. get the guy who did Blue Velvet. Um, yeah. But uh, but I mean, like David Lynch's version is fine for like the time. Yeah. But like yeah. this one really kind of dives more into it. It's less hokey and heavy with the exposition at the beginning. Like it lets you kind of learn things as you go. It's a nice. it's a slow burn too. And what I love about um, uh, Villanueva is that he's not afraid to let like scenes breathe hmm. and like let let the visuals tell the story a little bit. And it's like it's very refreshing to have a director that trusts that like the footage to kind of like to set the mood and tell you what's going on as well. Nice. Uh, I think the cast is all stellar. Like everyone's doing a great job. But Sarah and I talked about this because she watched it last night. I fell asleep. Um, But uh, but it's being marketed badly. Like yeah. it's. I gotta really, say, as somebody who's not a fan of uh, the original movie or the books, like nothing I've seen is really enticing me, which is sad because I, it yeah. seems like a movie I would like. And and not only to that respect, like the ads don't do it any justice, but it's also, I don't want to give away too much. Mm. Uh, and if this is spoilery, then cut it out. But it, it's promising something that you don't get. Oh, you're talking like it's more actiony, like no. the no, no. Mm. no. No, that's where I'm going to leave it. If you want to talk specifics afterwards, I'm happy to give you specifics if you want them, but I'm going to just kind of leave it at that right now. Yeah, no, because I know they're definitely marketing it like uh, as this this Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones epic thing. And it's like, Uh it's not supposed to be that. Well, I mean, I'm not expecting that. Dune, the book is very kind of Games of Thronesy. Like it's that's true. It 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 has those elements. I mean, the, the houses. The Atreides, yeah, the, the Harkonnen, and the war yes. between them. Yeah, like it's it's definitely there, and yeah. and I think that it's played up. It give they give it more justice in this movie. Um, yeah, that, I just I can't I can't say much more without <laughs> yeah. without giving up the ghost. All right, well we're just a couple of days away from getting it into theaters and what uh, are they doing a day and date stream as well? Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, supposed to come out on HBO. HBO. Oh. Yeah, HBO and the screen, and I got an HD version of it. The movie's gorgeous, and even having seen it, I want to see it in the theater just to see it on the yeah. big screen. Like, yep. It is beautiful. Seems like a lot yeah. of sand. I hate sand. Mm-hmm. Gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. That's right. It's coarse and gets everywhere. <laughs> like this podcast. All right, Joe. <laughs> Uh, how about you? Any um, Halloween movies well, you're watching or anything you're doing I, to celebrate? I have. Like, I used to every year go see The Shining with my sister. Mm, um, oh, that's right. And I, I took I, yeah, I, I yeah. took Sarah a couple of times, and she, does, she doesn't like the movie as much as we do. <laughs> um, because, you know, she was raised in a much more stable household. True. Uh, my father and my mom had me watching, like, rated R movies and stuff when I was a kid. And, like, one of those movies was The Shining. And like I, they encouraged me to ask questions, and they would answer them, and I'd be like, oh, "What is going on here? <laughs> what's that? What's that dog doing to that man? Like what?" <laughs> yes. it, 
But so I've I've done that. I, I watched it while I was at work last week. I watched The Shining. <laughs> oh, um, that's sad. Yeah, well, no, it's not sad. I, I enjoy it. I love that movie. And now that we've got Doctor Sleep that I can kind of mm-hmm. make a double feature out of, like that, it's awesome. Um, I've watched The Thing, the Ooh, Kurt Russell nice. movie, The Thing. Excellent. Uh, and I just got a copy of Halloween Kills, uh, and I plan on watching that tomorrow morning. Now, nice. I did Very watch nice. that over the weekend. We uh, we, got, we got, finally got some nice weather here in Dallas, uh, so uh, mm-hmm. went outside, lit up the fire pit, took the projector screen out there, and uh, fired up uh, Halloween Kills. Um, yeah, man. <laughs> it wasn't what I wanted. Uh, yeah. In some ways, a lot, a lot of ponderous decisions made. Uh, I see it's got like a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. That feels about right. Uh, it's certainly not one of the best ones. But then I don't know what the best ones is. Every time I, I look the up. The first one. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. True. Okay. Yeah, the first one. Yeah. That's the one that gets. The it's most not light. the Halloween you deserve, but it's the Halloween you need right now. <laughs> I guess no. so, since, uh, yeah, this was supposed to come out a year ago and didn't even realize they've already got the sequel, like, in production, and it's coming out next Halloween. Um, because yeah. yeah, I guess they were uh, delayed one year uh, thanks to COVID. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is supposed to be the end. Like it's called uh, Halloween. Ends, Halloween ends, and uh, yeah. going to be the last one for Jamie Lee Curtis. So, spoiler alert: she survives this film, and you'll see her again. <laughs> in, uh, or does she? Halloween Maybe it's ends. her oh, spirit. Alternate metaverse uh, for Halloween as well. <laughs> Bro, it is so wacky when you look at like the continuity of those movies, the Halloween mm-hmm. movies. She's already like, died once. It totally did the Highlander thing, where yes. it's like, well, this could be the sequel. Or this could be the sequel. <laughs> oh, that's another or movie maybe I watched. It went this way. <laughs> watched uh, Clue over the weekend as well. To, uh, so, oh, yeah. nice! All up in the yeah, Halloween. I haven't seen that one in spirit. years. Yeah, that's a great one, and that's one that you don't really think of as a Halloween movie, but it totally yeah. fits, man. It's spooky, and uh, yeah, uh, th- that original Clue from what is that, nineteen ninety eight, something like that, eighty five. Yeah, nineteen, yeah, nineteen eighty five, nineteen eighty six, yeah. yeah. Well, good. Sounds like we're all getting in the spirit in our own way. Um, and yeah. one of the ways we do that oh, is... Oh, have you guys Jesus seen... Wait, wait. Christ, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Did you guys... Have you guys watched uh, Muppet Haunted Mansion? Uh, yeah. No. Yes. Oh, no. It's on Disney, right? Yeah. Started yeah, watching yeah, it last night. I need night. to watch that. Yeah, I got about 15 minutes into it, and then they started singing. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was a musical. That's so then we, every Muppet movie. Not, yeah, that's but the this Muppet is, But this isn't a Muppet movie. It's a Muppet special. And so, uh, you know. You never know but what they're going to do. It's a movie still. Eh, it's an hour. Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's less than an hour long. So is it a movie? I guess it is. It just feels like a long I special. Mean, is it a moving picture? All I'm yes. saying is I uh, wasn't expecting the Muppets to uh, be singing. It's not although, a feature film, but it is a movie. <laughs> that's, uh, okay. I, they're not even billing well, it as movie such. is short for moving picture. But who's calling it a movie? They're not even billing it as a movie. It's just like I called it a movie. Band. All right. Well, there you go. Well, if it walks like a duck, <laughs> talks like a duck. It's the Muppets. It must be. It's not a duck. <laughs> so you didn't like it because there's music. Uh, we started skipping through it. It's, and it's not even that. It's that um, and the writing wasn't as clever. And uh, like Gonzo is the star of this one. But uh-huh. like everybody else kind of makes, you know, tertiary appearances. But it's like when yeah. you want to watch a Muppet special, you want to see Kermit. You want to see Miss Piggy. You want to see them all together. You do see them. Yeah, they're separated. Kermit is cosplaying as Piggy, and yeah. Piggy is cosplaying as Kermit. <laughs> that is great. I do love that. In fact, there's a <laughs> lot of great. Did you watch it, Joe? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great uh, uh, sight gags in that scene as well. But all, all it did was remind me of, of better Muppets because I didn't think the, the writing was as strong. Uh, Pepe the Prawn was doing a lot of the heavy lifting yeah. there. Uh, yeah, but he it, was. it reminded me of the 2015 uh, Muppet series that was on ABC called The Muppets, but it was like 
that was like uh, Dirty Rock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like documentary style. Uh, and I had remembered it. And I was like, Jenna, you, you never heard of this? You never saw this? So we watched the first episode of that. It's streaming on Disney Plus today. So much better. So funny. I love that show. I'm so sad it didn't make it past the first season because good show. Uh, and really kind of like racy, like some adult jokes in there that are kind of winking at the audience that uh, I just wasn't getting in this new uh, Muppet special. This Disney. So you liked version. it because it was like you were getting it was like boners. Like <laughs> no, boners. no, no, it wasn't like that. It was just like they were uh, <laughs> they were speaking to a a more adult audience, and I, I thought the humor ah. was really good. It reminded me a lot, and I was telling Jen, I was like, "This is what the original '70s Muppet Show was. Mm-hmm. It was a it was a yes. show about yes. the making of it a wasn't show, for kids. and it, it wasn't came on for late kids. Night. That's right. It was yeah. in prime time." Those are the Muppets I love, and uh, so yeah, check out that 2015 uh, series on Disney Plus called uh, the Muppets. What's the best? What's the best Muppet movie in your Muppets and Muppets Take Manhattan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's my favorite. Yeah, you, it's a good one because there I don't mind the songs. You got fucking Henry Mancini writing some killer uh, show tunes and a great story and a great environment. Yeah, what what about you? Uh, I think the original Muppet movie. That's pretty good. I love that one. Close second. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jay. Yeah, best Muppet Um, movie. Go. I'd have to say Manhattan oh. as well, um, but yes, close second with the with the original. Yeah, although I did really enjoy that uh, 2011 Jason Segel and I, Amy Adams reaction. No, I didn't like that one. I didn't like that one that much. That's oh. another one I haven't seen yet either. But I, I, I love I love Muppet Christmas Carol. Yep, that's a good one. That's oh, grown on me. Oh shit! It's so good. Yeah, that that's is probably so good. number three for me. <laughs> Welcome to our uh, Muppets podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's a 16-bit Muppets right here on the Muppet Radio Network. No, uh, I swear we will talk about video games, and we will do that right now. <clears throat> Go. No. All right. Uh, Go. Let's talk, let's talk some Halloween video games. I've got a list here. Of course, uh, I don't know what your criteria is. Mine is just um, you know pretty loose. It doesn't have to be set in Halloween, obviously. I can't think of many video games yeah. that are set on Halloween, uh, but it's got a... Kind of have that vibe, that spooky vibe, yeah. the dark macabre uh, feeling that uh, one gets around the Halloween season. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be super gory, although some of mine are. They can be cheeky. Um, but yeah, I've got a list here of uh, Baker's Dozen, maybe, games. We'll yeah, talk about all of them. Nine. Got about nine. What about you, Jay? Uh, looks like about nine. Yeah, yeah. there you Remind go. myself. So uh, we will go around the horn and uh, talk about a uh, game that we like to play around the Halloween season. Now, um, you know what? Any volunteers who wants to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, go for yeah. it, Joe. Let's hear it. Yeah. You, you talked about how there aren't a whole lot of games that take place over Halloween, and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. However, there is one good In fact, two good ones, Ooh. but they're part of the same franchise. Uh, I'm talking about uh, 2010's Costume Quest that I first played <laughs> on Xbox 360. I don't know if you guys ever played this. This is a double fight game. Uh, you play a kid who's going out with his twin brother or twin sibling on Halloween. Yeah, I think it's... Uh, and, and your sibling ends up getting kidnapped. And so you go on a quest to try to, like, find your your uh, your brother. And, like, you get these different costumes. You find these different costumes, which give you different power-ups. And so you spend Halloween night trying to get your, your brother back, basically. Oh, cool. And it's just... Club, like you're going to different houses and getting like candy, and, like and going to see other kids and having to like fulfill, like you know, just like a regular RPG, except it takes place in your neighborhood instead of like going on a quest around the world. You're going through your neighborhood and you know, defeating bullies and stuff like that. It's just, it's super clever, really fun. I think it holds up really well. Uh, I just played a little bit of it again uh, yesterday as I was preparing for this podcast. Uh, I just kind of fired it up for a little bit nice. and still 
really fun. I don't think I ever played the second one, but the first one. Yeah, I haven't played the second one, but the first one's yeah. High marks. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Great, yeah. great choice. I have great heard good things. It looks fun. Uh, maybe I'll uh, find a time within the next week to uh, to give that old whirl. Nice way to kick us off, Joe. Yes. All right, Jay. I'm gonna throw it Absolutely. over to you. Let's talk some Halloween games. All right. I'm gonna go with one that um, is actually completely outside of any like this genre of games is not a genre of games that I play. Okay. Um, but I I saw a stream uh, from Game Grumps that were playing this, and it like the way that the game twists at a certain point mm. was like. Holy shit! I need to I need to play this and and see what happens to the rest of it. This one is, it's a visual novel. Oh. If you're unfamiliar with visual novels, they are they are very much anime trope games. Uh, usually, it's the you play the male character and you have all the females that dote on you and they try to try to date you or whatever. <laughs> this is Doki Doki Literature Club. <laughs> yes. I saw this in my research and I was surprised that uh, this is considered a Halloween game. Yes, absolutely. It has all of the tropes mm. of like you would expect from just bad to good anime. And basically it starts off like a visual novel or any regular visual novel where you have the girl next door who's in love with the character that you're playing, mm-hmm. but your character that you're playing is completely oblivious to it, and she's just doting on him and everything. You go to school, and you come back. A couple days go by, and then all of a sudden, you go to go pick her up to walk her to school the next day, and she's hung herself. She's hung herself? Oh, my God. She's hung herself. I did not see that coming. And that was the that was the stream that I saw. I was like, "Holy shit!" And it's like straight up, like it shows everything, Damn. you know. So as you're as you're going along, you basically find out that you're kind of in like a matrix like simulation <laughs> at this point because the days start to repeat, ah. and you have to start living out the days. And you're trying to stop the next time. You're trying to stop her from killing herself again, but then another girl that's in the class. Uh, ends up killing himself. And so then the next day repeats, and now you're trying to, mm-hmm. to keep both of them from killing themselves, and another girl kills herself. Oh, man. And it's basically each one of them, like, gets more and more disturbing the way that they're the way that they're killing themselves until you finally find out that one of the girls in class is actually controlling all this stuff oh. that's going on. Mm-hmm. And it's great because it has an option in the game, and it, it does this a little bit like kind of how um, uh, Undertale did, where there's a point where you can where you can say, "I want all of this to stop, and I will do whatever it takes to make it stop." Ooh. And the game gives you the option. It says, "If you want to make this stop, all you have to do is, you know, this." And when you do, it deletes your save. File. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's <laughs> yeah. a bitch. Yeah. Uh, that's diabolical. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it did make it all go away. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. But yeah, it's great. It's it's one that, that I I was hearing so much about it before knowing what it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why is this all the same? Because it was kind of the, kind of the same thing with another one called Hatoful Boyfriend, which yes. you play as a pigeon. And <laughs> yes. you're, or, or no, you're playing as a person that goes to a school of birds. That's what it is. And you're trying to yeah you're trying to date these birds, 
Joe okay. is uh, giving the look that we're we're all feeling. Exactly. And it's like, why are these things popular? I don't understand it. But when when I saw when I saw this one, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I need to I need to check this out. So yeah, that's it. That's it. That's one I would I would absolutely recommend anybody check out if you if you like the good psychological horror that they can produce in storytelling. Nice, cool. <laughs> it's. It always makes it feel more disturbing when it's like the, the cartoonier the style is, and then when dark yes. shit happens, you're like, "Oh wow, this there's some disincongruousness." Yeah, is that the yeah. word I'm looking for? Sure, why not? But, but then it, it like then it it skips over that threshold when you get to something like cyanide and happiness, where it's like really cutesy, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like horrible things happen to them, and you're like, "Okay with this? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm all right." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, another game uh, that feels similar um, in the sense that uh, it's kind of a, a cutesy uh, art style. Well, I don't even know if you can call it this. Um, Little Nightmares is the game I'm yes. rambling I about. I knew you were going to Little Nightmares. And also yeah. Little Nightmares yeah. 2, the sequel that came out earlier this year, uh, which I'm a big fan of both of those. Um, yes, the art style, it's not, you know, this isn't realistic Resident Evil this isn't uh, you know anime like you're describing, um, but it's it's somewhere. I don't even want to say it's in between. It's its own kind of grotesque uh, art style um, that I love, but kind of feels like very European. It feels foreign. Um, it, it reminds me of like the old Tool videos. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. there you go. Yeah. Uh, or like yeah. a like a Henry Selick animation. He's the yeah. guy who did Nightmare Before Christmas. Or, yes. Or early, yes. Early, I was about to say early Tim Burton films. Yep, yeah. yep absolutely. Mm-hmm. Frank and Winnie and such. Uh, but yeah, there's some horrible things that happen in this game. Uh, you control a little girl uh, named Six. She was wearing a, a yellow coat. I believe I met, I've mentioned this in a couple of episodes because uh, I'm a fan of the game. The gameplay is a little wonky. And in fact, the first time I played it, uh, I gave up on it. I bailed on it about 15 minutes in because I was like, oh, this, the controls are janky. Uh, it's not worth it. But then I, I went back to it, and I'm glad I did because it is totally worth it if you can get past that. It's a pretty simple game to play. There's only a few things you have to do. Uh, sometimes figuring out the pattern takes uh, some repetition. You will die. You will die many times and in uh, awful, mm-hmm. awful ways sometimes uh, that kind of make you cringe. Uh, you know, there's a scene where um, you're this little girl. And when I say little, I mean, like, you're actually kind of miniature. You're like Smurf size mm-hmm. in this normal world. Um, and uh, there's basically kind of like three or four bosses um, and each level has a boss that you're kind of trying to sneak around. There's a lot of uh, subterfuge in this game. You don't want to be seen. You don't want to be caught because uh, then that's oh. when the uh, chef takes his uh, butcher knife and uh, slices you in half or uh, throws you in the, the oven. Or in, or in the second one, the teacher. Whoa. That creepy teacher with like the the, the rubbery neck. She sends the students after you and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Have you played these, Joe? I've, I, yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. Yeah, I've uh, played through both of them now. Uh, I still think that first one's a little bit better, uh, but as yeah, far as like atmosphere and jump scares and thrill, like it's it's a good ride, man, and it's it gives you mm-hmm. that uh, kind of adrenaline rush uh, that you want uh, in a Halloween game. So there you go. Do a little yes. double feature of Little Nightmares 1 and Little Nightmares 2. The character design oh, in that thing is just yeah. like they're so disturbing. Gross. That's what's so scary that they're... Mm-hmm. Like the, the way they move and stuff. Oh, yeah, that terrifying. that is the thing too. It's the movement too. Yeah, it's very kind of mm-hmm. uh, everything. Kind of feels like it's on marionettes. You know. Yes. All right. Well, uh, we've done one round. We did it. We finally talked about video games on this podcast. <laughs> so let's let's keep it going, right, guys. We'll see you later. <laughs> Good um, night. Thanks um, for listening. All right, Joe, you're up, buddy. 
Um, all right. Well, I'm going to go with probably the first game that ever actually terrified me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm going to go back to 1996, PlayStation, the original Resident Evil. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that it, when it comes to scary games, if it comes to a game that's going to enhance your Halloween experience, uh, I think that there's there's no better game than than Resident Evil, especially like mm. right from the beginning, you're going down the hallways, you're getting dogs coming through windows, giving you the jump scare. Oh, like that was the big dog. jump scare of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like there's so many things in that game that like, you know, kind of terrifying. Like you fight giant spiders. There's these hunter characters. Like and the way that they deliberately put the camera in static positions. Like and I kinda yes. like that. I wish they had kept that style because it, it really added to the the survival horror aspect of the game. Yeah. Now all Resident Evil games are just action. Well, um, it does kind of make for shitty gameplay, though. Like when the, your controls switch, the tank, the tank controls, the tank are kind controls. Of yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it, when you get used to it and you kind of know how Resident Evil games work, like it's, it's nice. Playable. It's it's nice to not be able to see what's around the next corner. Nice, yes. Uh, you know, and and that's what I appreciate about it. And when Nintendo remade, well, not Nintendo, but when Capcom remade Resident Evil for the GameCube, mm-hmm. like it was such a great remake. It was stayed true to the original game, uh, but you know, had its its own innovations that that are pretty noteworthy. But it's still like that first one, that yeah. first experience with Resident Evil, man. And I know at this point everybody's played it, uh, so I've probably talked way too long about it anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> you'd, be, you'd be doing yourself a great disservice if you're not playing Resident Evil around the holiday. No, you're right, man. It's a classic. Yeah, uh, kind of created that genre. Uh, and yeah, when they're remaking your game 25 years after the fact, uh, you know it's mm-hmm. good. You know it's a good one. Mm-hmm. Did you see the trailer for the, the new Resident Evil movie? Oh, no, no. I saw that came out. Uh, but I mean, like, <laughs> should I be excited about a Resident Evil movie? What? I mean, here's is it the another thing. Mia Jovovich? It, no, it's, or not, is it... it's not a Mia Jovovich. Yeah, they're, they're, they're rebooting now. So they're it's re- a rebooting it, and Resident it's going Evil. to be, basically, it looks like from the trailer, <clears throat> it is the first game. that They, they made a movie about the first game, oh. but it has like all the characters across the franchise. Oh, nice. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm, I'm pretty excited that. about it. Yeah. Any big names attached to it? Uh, Samara Weaving Ooh. is, uh, is going to be oh, in it. Oh, wow. And that's all I remember right now off the top of my head. All right. That's all I need. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> my Samus Aran recast right there. That's right. <laughs> uh, all right. Nice. Yeah. No, I mean, I knew that Resident Evil was going to come up at some point on this podcast. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. Resident Evil nope. 4 actually on my list just to kind of pile nice. on there. Nice. Uh, yeah, Which I, just came out on the on the Quest in VR. I Quest saw that. Two, yeah, Have you picked that yeah. up yet, Jay? Well, actually, no, it comes out tomorrow on the Quest. By the time that's you right. hear this podcast, it will be out. It will be mm-hmm. out. Yes. Have you? Have you, uh, you? You planning to pick it up, Jay? Oh, I will definitely be picking it up. Yeah, I don't know if I'll be picking it up tomorrow, but I will definitely be picking it up because that's it's one of my favorite Resident Evils, anyways. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why I want to pick it up because playing it in VR and having all of that happen <laughs> to you and not just seeing it on a screen happening. Yeah. That's... I don't know because I've I've done some of the I've done some of the horror games in VR and. Oof. Every time that I do, it's like I will never do this again. I'm never going to do this again. I'm not. I'm not going to do this to myself. And then they announce Resident Evil. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, you're so, a sucker. Yeah, it's going to happen. That VR. Nice. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I can't imagine Resident Evil Eight like Village in VR because um, I've oh, seen some God. gameplay of that and uh, yeah, the things that happen. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. 
I actually need a smaller screen to play that game. Yeah. Not bigger, smaller. Get some separation between yeah. me and the yeah. shit that's going on on there. If yes. I can play it on my watch, maybe I'll get it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, while we're talking about Resident Evil, any other uh, Resident Evil games we want to throw out there? Yeah, I mean, Seven did the the VR as well. I think that was the first one that did that. Yeah, uh, it was, had a VR it component. Was, it started with a. It, they had the VR uh, teaser mm-hmm. called mm-hmm. the Kitchen. Um, yes yeah which was man that was creepy yeah. uh but then yeah yeah that was the first one to do vr was set seven nice. i don't know man for me resident evil kind of went downhill after code veronica i loved mm-hmm. code veronica but mm-hmm. at that point it wasn't really a survival horror game it was an action game at that point yeah yeah um it was more of a cinematic experience uh and man for for my money those first three mm-hmm. man that's just it's so creepy so atmospheric yeah. Yeah, the OG. Yeah, I th- I think four, for me, four was kind of the last good one, um, and I think it was because it it still retained enough of the originals right. while updating the controls. So it wasn't the tank controls; it had more freedom of movement, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit more camera control, uh, but it still was slow. It still was methodical. It wasn't just. I don't entirely action. I don't entirely agree with you, but I don't entirely disagree with you. <laughs> um, I think that four is a great game, but I don't think it it qualifies as survival horror at that point. Like it really isn't. It's mm. it is it, yeah. for me. It, in my opinion, it's it is more of an action game. It's more of a. a like a, a Metal Gear. It's yeah. closer to Metal Gear than it is yeah. Resident Evil. I would I would say I would agree with that. Definitely. I'll see that. Definitely more of Metal Gear on that. Yes. Uh, but certainly not the way that they went with five and six. Oh, bro! And I was about to say, oh my say, god, it's yeah. it, it is light years better than five and six. Like when they started, like just slathering this franchise with quick time events, mm-hmm. and like it, it just it stopped being fun, and it stopped it it killed the atmosphere, it killed that whole survival horror, like yeah. the thing that like it built tension. Like those games were so good mm-hmm. at building tension and like really getting you on the edge of your seat. And when you were just waiting for the next event to like pound buttons, yeah, like that's it, it yeah. ruins it ruined the feeling. Yep. Have either of you played uh, eight? The village. Uh, <clears throat> I I have it, but I haven't started playing it yet. All no. right. Well, there you go. Uh, well, I was going to say you can't go wrong with a Resident Evil game around Halloween, but uh, <laughs> it turns out apparently you can. So uh, avoid. <laughs> there's, there's about half a dozen or so that you can. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, moving on, Jay. All right. Uh, uh, then I'm going to go with Alien Isolation. That's my a good one. one. That's a good yes. one. Yes. Very good one. Very good one. It is, it, it, I would consider it like a pitch perfect sequel to the original Alien movie. Wow. Like mm-hmm. it, it slots right in perfectly in between yeah. Alien and Aliens. Like, mm-hmm. You know, the, the whole story and the mm-hmm. timeline between those. You know, you, you play Ripley's daughter and the the tone the atmosphere the the set designs that they have all of the all of the ships the the space station that you're on it just everything feels like you're in that world that that Ridley Scott you know world that he that he created yeah. mm-hmm. for the alien movie yeah and the tension that builds once the alien is actually revealed 
And then now the alien is hunting you. Oh, you know, the, not, the xenomorph not just the you. alien. You've also got androids. But that yeah, are hunting you've got you the too. androids that are that have flipped and they're they're kind of uh, malfunctioning, I guess, because they're they're coming after you. There's there's other humans that that mm -hmm. can, that could fuck you up too if you're not careful. Yep. Yep. It's that game got such an unfair shake with reviewers and stuff too. Yes. Like people were people treated this game unfairly, and then when you finally play it, like it's good these people yeah. just didn't get what they were supposed to do like they didn't get yeah. the game and i hate being like that like really elitist like you just didn't understand <laughs> it they clearly didn't like a lot of yeah. these low scores are like just they're they're running gunners that exactly like, couldn't uh, run and gun in the game and so they hated yeah. it yeah they were they were expecting something action that you could that you could shoot your way out of any situation and uh, this is definitely not that game this is a a, a very much hide any chance that you have, hide. Mm -hmm. It even has a, a dedicated uh, button for holding your breath, <laughs> so that so that as you're you're as something's getting near you while you're hiding, you can hold your breath so that you don't tip off your location. That's awesome, and, and let it catch you. So oh, it's so great. I see so why good. it's uh, called so isolation. Scary. Mm -hmm. it's so mm -hmm. scary. It earns it, that it, name. Like, huh? Even even playing it on the small switch screen, I'm like, oh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, is it on yes. Switch? Yeah. 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 It's on Switch. Oh, I'm gonna have to pick that yeah, one. And it's actually it's actually a really good a really good port that they did for it. Like I'm mm -hmm. I was surprised that I you know, I say that like every time that they've released something on Switch that's like, oh that'll never happen. There's no way that they could that they could port that down to to make it work on a switch and then they do and it's like well shit, that's actually a really good port for it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> what did it what did it come out originally on? It was well yeah, it was PC, I think it was PlayStation four. Oh, and yeah. and Xbox, uh, oh, wow. Xbox One. That's impressive. So yeah, so yeah, but yeah. Oh, great stuff, great stuff. Nice. Yep, definitely picking that one up. All right. Well, I guess I like that this podcast is us suggesting things that Joel ends up putting on his <laughs> yeah. list. That's basically yeah. that's all it is. Yeah. Well, I started off with movies. Anybody seen any good movies? Yep. Jotted a couple of those down. <laughs> We're just moving our way through media. Uh, all right. Well, maybe I can uh, give you guys uh, a game or two uh, to suggest for Halloween. Uh, I'm going to reach all the way back, since this is the 16-bit Gladiators, to uh, to a 16-bit game. Uh, Thank you. Obviously, Good. for the Super Nintendo. I mean, I'm sure you know this isn't the last one, but uh, it's the one I want to talk about now because it's got zombies in it. And I love me some zombies. And I'm talking about uh, LucasArts' uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors mm -hmm. for oh, yes. uh, Super Nintendo. Actually, also came out on the Genesis, but I think uh, everybody agrees the SNES version yeah, it was, is the, was better, the better one. Version. Yeah, I think it had better sound. Uh, you know, the music was better. And this does have a kind of a, a, a fun soundtrack. I like several of the tracks in here. Uh, but yeah, just a yeah. fun, just kind of, what do they call it, isometric uh, view. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's you get to play uh, one of two characters. Uh, and you run around, shoot zombies with your little pellet gun, and you're trying to rescue all your neighbors um, from uh, from the incoming in zo zombie invasion. Uh, but then also like aliens, like there's just all kinds of monsters in there. It's uh, and I've never beaten it. It's really hard. Uh, I don't even know that I've gotten halfway through it. The, the the difficulty really starts to ramp up about halfway through the game. Uh, but uh, man, I always have a fun time when I play this. And also. It's a uh, two-player simultaneous game, so if you like to do a little couch co-op, mm -hmm. as I do with my lovely wife, uh, this is a good one for that. So, yeah, Zombies Ate My Neighbors for the Super Nintendo. Either yeah. of you played that before? I, so. I remember. You know, years yeah, and years ago, day. yeah, back in the day. <clears throat> I haven't played it recently, mm -hmm. but, yeah, that's that. I, I do remember I remember playing couch co-op. Yeah. And, oh, God, so many hours 
trying. I think we got about the same like you we yeah. got about halfway through and just could not yeah. progress. So yeah, unless yeah. you're doing save states, uh, it gets gets pretty hard there. But uh, yeah, 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 it's a fun time. All right, moving on, Joe. I think we're back back to you. Uh, all right, right. Yeah. So if you if you know me well at all, you know that this is definitely on my list. It's probably top on my list. Uh, Eternal Darkness, Sanity's Requiem for the Nintendo GameCube. This game is like it took everything that I loved about Resident Evil and then it turned it on its ear and then added this innovation called the Sanity Meter. And, like, as you're fighting enemies, as you see bad guys, your sanity meter starts to get, like, full, and it starts, like, the game then starts to troll you, the player. Uh, it does <laughs> yes. all kinds of, like, it reverses controls. You'll watch, like, your character's head will, like, fall off. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, you'll see, like, effects where, like, the volume on your TV will go down. Um, I love that. You'll go to... You'll go to like save your game. It'll bring up a thing to save your game, and when you save your game, it like does this thing like deleting save file. Oh no! Like, what no? <laughs> it's it's so great. Like and and like the higher the sanity meter gets, uh, like the more wacky the sanity effects are, and it it just it adds to the game. Like the fact that like you feel just like these characters that you're kind of losing your mind. Like like Ash in Evil Dead 2, like yeah. as he starts laughing with like yeah. the moose on the wall, like <laughs> going crazy. And I think that's it's one of the things that gets overlooked by these games, these horror games or scary games, like that whole feeling of like not just being scared, but losing your mind. Yeah. Like just that's mm-hmm. it's such a great fresh like and I haven't seen a game do anything like it since. Uh and it's a shame that like the only way you could play this game is if you're like Super Gamer J with all your ROMs, or you have a GameCube and a copy of the game, and this thing is not cheap to find. Oh, I bet. Um, but if you have the chance to play it, and I know I've mentioned it before on this podcast, dude, grab it, play this game. It's it. it I, there's nothing I can say about it that's going to still prepare you for like the fun time you're going to have with this thing. I'm surprised it's not on any yeah. of the uh, the online services. You can't find that anywhere. You can't download it. Mm-hmm. Any of the no. Wow, crazy. It was it was a. Uh... It was actually a Nintendo, like a Nintendo. I don't know if they developed it or if they just um, they Nintendo know, developed it. it and published it. Yeah, uh, and and it, it's the only Nintendo title to have an M rating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's all right, Jay. All right. Uh, I'll do a little, a little bit of a double feature then. Um, I'm going to go with Half Life Two. Oh, uh, which you wouldn't normally expect to be. Because it's a you know it's a first person shooter it's a very action action oriented game uh, but yeah you know, it, it's throughout the whole game I mean it's like peppered with all these little horror elements you got the the head crabs that turn people into zombies that uh, that you know are, holy shit they're hard to to one to take them out quickly and two once you take the person out then the head crab jumps off and it's starting to come at you and now it's a tiny little uh, target that you've got to take out um, but then you. Yeah, and then you've you've got like the the whole Ravenholm section, which is basically just this derelict town that uh, has been overrun by these head crab zombies. Uh, everything's kind of on fire. You've got these uh, these saw blades that you 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 pick up with the gravity gun and you fling them around. You've got yep. these uh, propeller blades that are like just straight out of freaking like uh, a Silent Hill or something, where mm. it's just cuts anything in half that comes next to it. Um, and, you know, later on in the game, you've got these, uh, these like, uh, 
kind of alien little insects that burrow into the ground and then they come up underneath and attack you, uh, which eventually you'll get control of them and then you can send them after, you know, after the enemies that you're going for. And it's just such a great, like the, the overall throughout the whole game, you have this entity, this, this being that we don't really know anything about him. Mm. Uh, like as far as um, who he is, what he, what he's doing, mm. what are his likes, his hobbies. In, yeah. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you, you first meet him in, in the original half-life and then in, in the, uh, uh, at the beginning of half-life two, He's talking to you. He's getting you to wake up. You're on the train. You're coming into the into city seventeen. Um, but he's he's like with the with the way that the games are. Uh, you've got this whole parallel universe uh, that's kind of colliding with ours, oh, and yeah. it's got this the the whole rift that's opened up. That things are coming in and out, and that's where all the monsters are coming from. And it, it kind of seems like he's part of that, or is maybe making that happen. Mm. Anyways, <laughs> on to part two of the, of this is Half-Life Alex, which yeah. is kind of a, a prequel mm. of sorts to, to Half-Life two, uh, where you play as the, the sidekick in Half-Life two is Alex Vance. You play that in, you play her in, in Half-Life Alex. Um, and it, it really amps up the tension and the horror because it's still, you know, still first person, but it's VR, so everything surrounds you. Uh, everything slows down. Like you're not just running and gunning through it like you did in the original, um, because ammo is much more scarce, uh, health is much more scarce, and Alex herself doesn't have like the the power suit, not power suit, but the environmental suit that that uh, Freeman has. So you don't have the the extra protection from that. You can't go into radiated areas. You can't um, take a whole lot of hits before you're dead, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, there's upgraded head crabs that have armor plating on them now that you have to... Oh, no. Yeah, like you either have to shoot them enough times to knock the armor plating off, which wastes ammo, or wait for them to... attack attack yeah. so that way while they're flying at you with their <laughs> mouth open hit the mouth uh, as it's coming towards you no thank you um yeah yeah um and, and that game's in vr right have you played that in vr yeah 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 okay. it's it's vr it's it's only in vr yeah yeah uh, right. although there is somebody working on a mod that uh that will allow you to play it uh without being in vr um but oh my god the 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 sounds in that game Ooh. Like every, I when when I'm playing it, if I ever stream it, I'll I'll start the whole thing over again because uh, I'm I'm only I've only made it about halfway through I think, um, but I play it so timidly, <laughs> like I don't I don't just run into places and I, I'm like every sound that I hear I stop and I'm looking around. I finally got a flashlight. So I'm like shining the light into every little corner to make sure that there's nothing like maybe moving around in there. Uh, when I come up to rooms where that's clearly going to be a fight coming in, I'm looking for barrels that I can shoot to explode. Yep. Um, they really amp up that 
that feeling, that tension uh, with this one. So highly recommend if you have VR. And if you don't, then uh, wait for the, the mod that is still in development and uh, should be able to play it on uh, on a regular computer. You know, Jen and I are uh, this close to kind of pulling the trigger on the PS. Uh, oh, are, please do. Can you get that on PlayStation, right? There can't VR? get it on PlayStation. Ah. Yeah, you can't get it on theirs. Um, it would be... I would... I would go with the quest. Okay. Uh, if I was you, um, just because it's standalone. So you get pretty much everything that's available on PSVR, uh, except for the ones that are just like strictly exclusive to PSVR. All right. Well, that settles it then. Going to begin the quest. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to get us uh, out of the, uh, the horrific and terrifying to uh, the kind of cutesy and fun uh, and colorful. Uh. With uh, Nintendo's Luigi Mansion series, but specifically uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 that came out uh, on Switch. I want to say 2018 was when that game was released. Um, I believe so, yeah. I had played uh, Dark Moon on 3DS uh, and and really liked that one. Never played the original. I owned the original GameCube version, but I think I bought it used and then never played it because it just never, it really felt like low-rent Mario. It's like, who's this fucking Luigi guy? What can he do? He can't even jump. Look at this punk. He just walks around with his... He's a wannabe Ghostbuster. He's got a vacuum pack on his back. And uh, But, um, yeah, Dark Moon was really fun uh, on the small screen, but uh, really hit its stride when uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 was released on the Switch. And, man, you want to talk about a beautiful game. This game is gorgeous to look at. Uh, even if, if you look at a still frame of it, it's beautiful. Like, you know, just the, the yeah. effects. And one of the things that uh, Nintendo is, is great about doing... Uh, and, and of course, I think they didn't. This wasn't a first-party development. There's some I can't remember the name of the studio that developed it, but still, it's got that Nintendo touch because uh, they're really good about using the hardware to its advantage. So you know, is it in 4K? No. You know, do they have the higher polygon count? No. But the, the effects, the lighting effects, um, you know, the the the, the sound design, uh, they really made the best with what they had. Uh, and I'm really yeah. selling it short because it's, it's a beautiful game. It looks like you're watching a cartoon. Uh, and yeah. I would say yeah. the animations, aside from just the way it looks in still frames, the animations is where this game really shines. And there's some like yeah. Pixar-level character animation going on uh, between all these characters. Oh, it's shine. The, <laughs> the, the, you're shining. Shining. The bosses. <laughs> uh, every level... And, and I love the idea of it. The conceit of it is that you're in this hotel and every floor is a different level. And you've got yep. like a food court and there's like a bank and there's a disco and there's everything you can think of. All these different environments, uh, they find a way to squeeze it into this hotel. Uh, and it's ingenious and it's gorgeous to look at. And each one has its own boss uh, that you can find that's fully fleshed out. Uh, a unique way of, of, uh, of uh, beating them. Uh, so, so the gameplay kind of stays fresh as you're progressing through the levels, but just the characterization, man, um, go to, if, even if you don't want to play this game, I get it. Fine. Maybe it's for kids. Go to YouTube and just watch like a compilation of the boss battles in this game. There's like 12 boss battles and they're all just like really good and really fun and unique. Uh, yeah. Uh, and just a, a joy to play and, and not too long, maybe like a 20 hour game. It's, I think it probably took us to go through. It, yeah, the, it's, uh, it's like one of, I think the first Luigi's Mansion went on a little long, and it was mm-hmm. a bit of like a bit of a slog. Oh yeah, and they've just with every installment of this game, like they've refined it and made it like, 
you know, this this last one has been streamlined to within an inch of its life, and yeah. it tell you could tell. And you were right to hit on like the sound design of this game. The sound design of all of them have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. This one especially, though, like just the atmosphere, the mood that it sets, like the music, the sounds of the enemies, the little bumps and and creaks yeah. and stuff as you're making your way yeah. through the mansion. So good. Yep, really I, I love I love like the 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 sections when you get in where it's like. Uh, Kind of like a movie set. Yes. But when you actually look through the camera, it becomes the whole, like it becomes its whole level in itself. Yeah. And things are going on. When you pull away from the camera, it's just like the still set. Nothing's really going on. How ingenious it, is that? Uh, yeah. Like, oh, I love it. Yeah. And you, you get to uh, make and star in your own uh, Godzilla film, basically, on yep. that set. Yeah. Yep. That's a really- oh, that's right. Yeah. The little the little <laughs> tiny city. Oh, my God. I almost forgot about that level. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I love it. Really clever. Each one has its own theme. It's like a pirate ship theme. Um, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend it because uh, you'll be surprised and delighted. By all the uh, all, all the detail they've packed into this game, so uh, yeah, can't yes. recommend highly enough. Luigi's Mansion Three on the Switch. All right, Joe, let's Very good. keep this uh, ghost train a running. So it's not Halloweeny, but mm. it's a game that definitely scared the shit out of me. <laughs> okay, to the point where before the game even really starts, I played up to this point, and okay, so I'm just gonna say it in 2007, Xbox 360, Bioshock. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. So so I'm playing like the opening of this game and the the plane crashes, you swim to the lighthouse and you take the Blathy sphere down and you go into Rapture and like the reveal of Rapture, this creepy underground city or underwater city. But like when the Blathy sphere finally like docks, suddenly there's like a splicer shows up. But you don't know what he is. He's just on the other side of this door and he's trying to like cut his way through it and it seriously terrified the shit out of me (laughs) to the point where he goes away the door opens and i just sat there for a second i went "Uh -uh." and i turned off i turned off the system didn't touch bioshock for like five years after that (laughs) I, i didn't touch the game until i was dating this girl and she's like have you have you played through bioshock yet i'm like no she's like why and i told her what happened she's like Okay, you need to stop being such a pussy and play this game. She's like, you're you're going to enjoy it, and I did, and she was right. Uh, it, it ended up being just such an amazing adventure, and Bioshock ended up be- becoming such a huge part of my gamer DNA. But like that first bit, just going through Rapture, exploring through Rapture, there's still even after that enough creepy, scary things to go mm-hmm. in that like it, it, it like if you you turn a corner and you see you know one of those big daddies. And you're like, oh my god! And you, you, your, your initial reaction is just hide. I don't want to be. It's a video game. It's pixels, and I'm terrified of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bioshock, man, that's up there. That game scares me. Yeah, I, I did the same thing when that when the when the splicer was was trying to get into the bathysphere, and it the door finally opens up. I just stood there. I was like, I ain't going out there. Fuck that. Nope. Nope. Not doing this. I stay right here. I'm okay. <laughs> that's funny. No, you're, uh, you're good to talk about. Uh, you, we haven't really defined like what makes a good Halloween game for us. I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory too. But uh, yeah, the, the, the atmosphere and specifically a game that'll that'll give you a jump scare, like make you kind yeah. of uh, react the way yep. a good uh, yeah. horror movie would. Yeah, nice and I love like with the with it was the DLC for um, Bioshock Infinite. 
where you go back to Rapture. I haven't played it. Don't ruin it. Oh, my God. <laughs> I haven't played it. I, it's like 20 years old. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah, you, you need to you need to play that. I got you the I got you the 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 whole collection thing on I Steam. I have the whole so. collection on Switch. Oh, that's right, you do. You got it on Steam too. So when you get yeah. your Steam Deck, you can play that. I have the whole collection on Xbox One. I have four <laughs> different versions of all of the Bioshock games. Oh my god. I'm pretty sure I've done that same thing too, because they keep coming out it was like fifteen dollars yeah. for the whole collection. We're like, all right, fuck I'm it. I'm like, I wanna I wanna play it mobile. Yeah. I wanna play it on the go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Sign of a good game. Uh, all right, Jay, on to oh, you, buddy. God. All right. Um, I'm going to go with, it's, um, it's a Devolver Digital game, uh, which I fucking love Devolver Digital. Great, Pretty much great. anything they do, I will, I will play. Uh, this one's called Carrion. Oh, yeah. And... Oh, this is such a good game. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Uh, it's kind of a, it flips the script. Like you're the bad guy, you're the monster. Um, oh, I know that this one. Is yeah, trying to escape the uh, uh, escape the laboratory or whatever. <laughs> um, the way I have it in my notes here, I've, I've described it as like it's like Snake. If in Snake you're this eldritch horror that devours devours <laughs> everything in your wake, yes. so you, it's like you you. Everything you eat, you grow and you get larger and you eventually get to a point where you can't fit through sections. So you have to shed body parts and Uh. and shit off of you so that you can be able to fit through these smaller, smaller areas. Uh, It's so good. It's, it's kind of a Metroidvania in, Mm. in some sense where there's a lot of, a lot of exploration. There's a lot of backtracking that you end up having to do, but, oh. It's so the good. NPC AI is a little questionable. It is. It is. Yeah. I I, I kind of think that it, it's partly because it's an indie game, um, and yeah. I think it's partly because it's in, it's intended to be where they're kind of brain dead, you know, yeah. where they're just kind of fodder for you to devour <laughs> yeah. as you as you go through. So, yeah. What a good game, man! Oh, oh I'm so glad someone it. brought that up. I forgot all about it. Yeah, love it. Love nice it. pick. Where, where can I find this? All consoles, I imagine. Mm, yeah, pretty much. Pretty yeah. much, I think so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Adding it to my list. There you go. Yes. <laughs> All right. Yet another. Back to me. Uh, I'm going to go with an oldie. Uh, actually, it's a remake of an oldie. Um, this, you know, I've, I've already talked about some uh, 16-bit 2D games. Uh, and while this is a 2D game, I get a nice little facelift this year when Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection came out ah, there it is there it is yep. so really am i that there predictable did you guys <laughs> that's what i was like i'm surprised he hasn't mentioned ghouls and ghosts or <laughs> yep here it is uh because i have been playing this one well we've, we finally beat it a couple weeks ago beat it uh playing it coming into october of course this is ghosts and goblins uh the resurrection which uh i want to say came on february of this past year uh this is capcom again going back to the well ghosts and goblins well again uh, there've there've been a, f- a few sequels uh, in this franchise along the years, but it's been a while, and they took the opportunity to uh, kind of re- yes revisit what it what makes a Ghosts and Goblins game uh, and give give a little bit of a facelift, uh, and I think it's quite successful at what it's trying to do. Now, when I say what makes a great Ghosts and Goblins game, uh, the difficulty 
is one of the yes. things that people think of. It has to be impossible to pass. <laughs> yes. uh, that is no different here. It is a very difficult game. You'll die several times, but it's part of the gameplay. It's part of the design, I would argue, in a game like this. Uh, there's no way to go through it, uh, I mean, at least upon first play through, uh, w- without dying, because uh, part of the experience is figuring out where those little booby traps are, what's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, figuring out character patterns. and uh, b- But once you get that down, uh, I don't want to say it's easy, but it's a very satisfying feeling. Uh, there's some very yeah. close calls in this game when it comes to jumps, so your timing has to be impeccable. You've got to figure out the uh, where to go, where not to go. The art style that they've adopted um, is kind of unique, and I won't say I'm disappointed uh, mm-hmm. because I, I love uh, Super Ghouls and Ghosts on the Super Nintendo. Uh, equally as difficult, uh, but one of my favorites uh, had great music, great use of uh, the 60-bit technology back in the day. Uh, so I guess I was kind of expecting like another pixel art uh, game. You know, most of them have been throughout this franchise. Yeah. What they're doing with this one is kind of a um, it's an illustrated art style. But, I was going to say, it kind of reminds me of, like, Flash animations. Yeah, kind of is. Yeah, it's... Oh, yeah. what were those... Uh, what was that called? Where you would, like, put your coworkers' faces on uh, dancing bodies. You remember? Uh, oh, jib jab. It was yeah. a jib jab. It is like, jib-jab, a, like yes. a jib jab video a little bit. Um, and, and even the way they're animated. So it's kind of 2.5D, you know, where it's, it's, it's 3D characters. But even your character, even though it's kind of built in 3D and moves, like, 2D, moves in a very, like, marionette feature where you can tell where mm. all the limbs are connected um and it's done to comical effect that's part of the appeal of these games is that they're 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 funny i mean when you die yeah. uh well first of all before you die when you get hit you're reduced to your boxers your heart yeah. emblazoned boxers and then when you get hit again you just turn into a, a skeleton a pile of bones um and and so th- there's a little bit of humor to be had um and, yeah. and i think this game is successful on that front. So uh, it took me a while to w- win me over to this new art style. Um, it, it is very beautiful and very detailed. Um, and when, if you can uh, get past that, or at least uh, learn to appreciate it uh, and <laughs> understand that uh, dying is part of the experience, uh, I think you might enjoy Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. I hate those games. Yes, they're <laughs> hate, all. No, but only because I'm horrible at them. Like, I played yeah, everybody a hell is. out of them. I played through the first one on the NES, like, as part of the quest with Jeff a long time ago. Mm. And after I was done playing that, I was like, I'm done. I'm never touching one of these games ever again. <laughs> yeah, it can have that effect on you, or uh, you can fall in love with it the way I did. Dramatic. <laughs> all right. Um, what do you think if we go uh, one more around the bend yeah. uh, and then we'll do some honorable mentions to that wrap up nice. this Halloween yeah. episode alright all right, Joe kick nice. us off for our final uh, round so as I was telling Jay like I have a few <laughs> that I could go with but I think that it's only fair that I go with like the one that I still play around this time of year instead of go. like hey this is a good idea This I remember this being fun but I legitimately still play Silent Hill 2 Ooh. Uh, for, on, oh. oh my gosh guys this game it it as great as Resident Evil is, and Resident Evil is the granddaddy of them all, mm-hmm. it, the, the only one that comes close uh, for me as far as the same kind of scare factor mm-hmm. and the chills, Silent Hill 2. Like this, the story about, I can't remember his name, but this dude, he's like, he's searching for his missing wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you find some really disturbing facts out while you're going through this journey. And like the way that Silent Hill, and this is kind of a part of the franchise, at least what I remember from the first two or three games, is like you go, you transition from like the real world to Silent Hill. Like it, there's two different versions of it. There's always been a duality that they play with. Uh, and 
and there's kind of a a, a moral level of mm. this game that like you know some of the choices that you make uh but for for the most part it's like the story that you experience in these silent hill games specifically too because two just like cranked everything up like the the graphics the the sound the story like it, it really was firing on all cylinders um and and just a great addition they've re-released like the the games in like an hd collection um but honestly i think just the original silent hill 2 is the best version of them. Which is, um, where can we find that? What what uh, console was that? I played it on, I think it was on PlayStation. The original PlayStation? Yeah. I, I, yeah. Either PlayStation or PlayStation 2, maybe? It was PlayStation 2. Um, I think. Yep, PlayStation 2. I was yeah. going to say, I think the first one was on original first PlayStation. first one was on PS1. Yeah. Definitely on PS1, but the, the second one, I think, was one of the first titles on the PlayStation 2. And it's yeah. just, man, it's so great. Jay, you ever played like, that one? You t- you talk about talk oh, about yeah. like setting up the uh, the atmosphere with the music, with oh, the yeah. visuals, uh, the way that the clouds kind of roll in, the fog rolls in, and you know obstructs your view. And if I'm not mistaken, two is the one where we finally introduced Pyramid Head, or yes. maybe he showed up. I think two was where we first met him. Yeah. And oh my gosh, Pyramid like, Head, just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Look up Pyramid Head. I've never oh, played yeah. a uh, Silent Hill game, but uh, oh my do, god, do they kind of maintain that same campiness that the Resident Evil franchise? Uh, it it, it no? did not have like it didn't have yeah. the camp of Resident Evil. Like it was legitimately scary and yeah. and a little more serious in tone than Resident yeah. Evil was. I like it. Yeah, and I I love because yeah. I I kind of looked up on on what their inspiration of this town was like there's there's a actual detroit uh, town i think it's in pennsylvania <laughs> where like it was a coal mining town that ended up yeah, like lighting like a, on fire oh, yeah and the coal mine is still burning like it's been burning uh-huh. for like 50 plus years wow yeah and yeah billy and joel was this, right that's what this game is based off of mm-hmm. that's crazy i love it yeah. Nice. Like when you when you in the first one especially when you don't know what to expect and you're you hear those sirens and that means like you're going into like the dark side of Silent Hill yeah. and like suddenly these like zombie children are coming after you mm. and like the and only to find out that like these are like the souls like of the 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 children that got that died in the coal fires like oh, no. oh my god yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's nuts yeah. it's a dark a dark series of games wow yeah all right, Jay. Throwing it over to you. Much. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with another. It's a first person shooter. Um, Ooh, kind of came out around the same era as Half Life Two. This one, uh, it, it's basically it's. I mean, it goes by Fear, um, but it's an acronym for First Encounter Assault and Recon. <laughs> oh um, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the game when it was being marketed, like they they occasionally threw in like the little scary girl that you meet throughout the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really marketed on its physics engine and it does. I mean, it, like it has an amazing, even today, like even compared to some of the games today, this game still holds up with its physics engine. Um, but Oh my God, when you first, when you first meet Alma, that's the, the, the little girl, like you, you can, uh, you know, the, the girl from the ring, Oh yes. the creepy mm-hmm. long hair and the, the real staccato movements that she makes. Yep. Um, that's Alma basically before the <laughs> ring was a thing. Um, and holy shit, the, 
the the way that this game you know we were talking about with eternal darkness how it has the sanity meter mm-hmm. this game also kind of had the sanity meter um but it wasn't so explicit like it didn't show a meter uh, of your sanity but you would slowly start to see things and 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 uh, the world would get distorted, like uh, things would happen that you're not sure if they were really there and actually happening, or if your character's just kind of going crazy and seeing them happen. And as you're going through the game, you kind of learn that that's when Alma is near, Ooh. is when all this crazy shit starts happening. And as you're as you're going through, like every every corner that you have to turn, or every hallway that is lit and then all of a sudden the lights will go out and it's like every time I would just stop and I'd be like I don't want to go down here. Oh, yeah. I really don't want to go down here. Oh my god. Yeah, she she is it's not a it's not like a it's not like a jump scare game. Like there's no there's no monster closets or anything like that. It's all psychological and it the the tension is palpable. Like you, you mm-hmm. can cut the tension with a knife. Mm. Got my hair standing on end just describing yeah. it. I don't like little creepy girls moving <laughs> a staccato manner. Oh, 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 so good though. Haven't good. heard of that one. Interesting. Uh, all right. Well, then it comes back to me, uh, and I guess it's my responsibility then to carry the burden and talk about the Castlevania franchise because uh, nobody's done it yet. I can't believe it. Uh, you're probably I knew one of y'all would have it, so I didn't, I didn't even put it on. Exactly. So I'll, I'll jump on that grenade and uh, gladly, gl- gleefully, gladly talk about the uh, Castlevania Lattice? franchise. <laughs> yes, there are many games to uh, choose from across the Castlevania uh, franchise. I know everybody loves... Uh, well, you know what? I don't want to take any away because you guys can talk about a Castlevania game if you like. Uh, but I'm going to go back to, uh, again, Super Nintendo and talk about Castlevania 4, Super Castlevania uh, for the Super nice, Nintendo. Nice. Uh, because, man, that's the first game uh, where I, I feel like I loved the music more than maybe the actual game. Like, I would play the game to hear the music. Um, it was so atmospheric from that intro yeah. uh, during the attract screen, you know, when you put the cartridge in and it's showing the Dracula's tomb and it tells the backstory and the mist starts to move in. Really just set the tone for the film, uh, for, the, for the movie, uh, which does <laughs> feel like a film. Uh, and in a lot of ways, it's basically like a recreation, a remake of the original Castlevania for the NES. Oh, yeah. Just everything's better. Everything's bigger, controls better, looks better, sounds better. Um, you get the same... You know, all of the kind of universal monsters that you get to fight as bosses throughout the levels, you know, Mummy and Grim Reaper and Frankenstein, all the way up to Dracula. Um, and it it just kills, man. It's just fucking... It, it's, it's fun to play. Once you get past the idiosyncrasies of a Castlevania game, you know, Castlevania games nowadays are kind of uh, synonymous with Metroid. You know, Metroidvanias. It's kind of that uh, mm-hmm. the uh, second half of the name there. <laughs> exactly. We've got you know a, a roster of weapons, and you're changing equipment, and you're backtracking, and you're trying to find power ups. This ain't that. This is uh, yeah. the OG Castlevania. You're just a man and his whip trying to uh, fight monsters uh, in a two D environment, and uh, I love it, man. I, I do. I play it every year. Uh, this year being no exception, and uh, yeah. I'm happy to talk about Castlevania 4, uh, Super Castlevania. You guys have yeah, any uh, Castlevania games? Still one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any Castlevania games? Symphony of the Night? Symphony of the Night? Yeah. I knew it. Still haven't uh, yep. 
I've played that one a couple of times. I'm still not falling in love with it, uh, but I, I, hmm. I do admire. Yeah, I, I the two the two that I always kind of to go back to are Super Castlevania mm-hmm. and Symphony of the Night. Those, yeah, I love both of them, and I love both of them for. I guess for different reasons, because yeah, yeah, with, with super Castlevania, it is very much the old school Castlevania, um, before it became the Metroidvania style of Castlevania, Mm -hmm. which is what, uh, symphony of the night started. And that's kind of how they've gone from there. Right. Uh, with all the subsequent ones, they've all been, they've all been based on the, on the symphony of the night style. Um, I, I picked up the uh, the Advance collection that came out uh, about a month ago, uh, where it's got all the Game Boy games um, mm-hmm. for, on, on Switch and all the consoles, I believe. Uh, and yeah, I started yeah. playing Ario of Sorrow, and even that kind of has some some Symphony that I feel to it. So yeah, I feel you, but yeah. Uh, yeah, just as fun as any of the other ones. Absolutely, absolutely, and go. kind of a I guess kind of a, a spiritual successor um, when when Konami kind of went off the rails and, yes. and decided that, that they were just going to do uh, pachinko machines and, and shit like that uh, and started doing shit like firing Kojima and all this. The uh, Iga, 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 I can't remember his, his whole name, uh, but he's, you know, one of the, one of the lead uh, designers on the current Castlevania. Like he's not the original, you know, not the original uh, creator of it, but, he did a Kickstarter. Oh yes, to basically make his vision of what a Castlevania game should be. Uh, but you know, obviously, since he didn't have the rights to the name, mm-hmm. it became Bloodstained. Yeah, uh, and so now we have Bloodstained: Ritual of the Night, and it is in every way a modern Castlevania game. Nice. Like it is both the Metroidvania, but it also feels, it also has a, the old school feel to it. Mm. Um, I love it. Uh, and it's on, it's on, it's pretty much on every platform. Um, right. Yeah. It's got the, the giant boss battles. Uh, some of the really clever bosses too. Like they're, they're not the, you know, it's not the traditional, uh, like I said, like the universal monsters. Mm-hmm. Although there are, there are some of those. But you have things like there's this one, and it's like a giant uh, stack of poker chips. And <laughs> cuphead? It, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's kind of kind of has that inspiration, I think, behind it. Show's because the, yeah, because the the character the the boss that you're fighting is like this like a crap dealer or whatever. <laughs> oh, it is like throwing cuphead. down. Jesus. Yeah, he's throwing down poker chips and stacks of poker chips, and you're trying to to get up on the stack so that you can hit him. And then the stacks will, you know, eventually recede away, and then they'll start building up somewhere else, and you, That's you're constantly moving around the the environment to get to them. Um, yeah, running out of monsters to, in the uh, Castlevania of the War. Yeah, right, right. Uh, but then it also has more traditional boss fight or monster fights. Like uh, there's this one uh, section where you're running up a tower, and it's a it's a circular tower, so it's oh, the tower it. itself is rotating as you're going up. Uh, and there's this dragon, but it's like a two-headed dragon. So mm. it comes from both sides, and you're at some points you're trying to avoid it on the one side, and some points you're trying to avoid it on the other, and nice. eventually they both come together. So yeah, no, it it's really well done, really well done. Yep, I need to add that to my list as well. Mm-hmm. All right, and Ooh. I think Joe actually has uh, the eight-bit 
kind of game that they did. It was the uh, Curse of the Moon, Bloodstained yeah. Curse of the Moon. Yeah, they did a sequel to it too. Oh, it's, yeah. It's and yeah, if you if you like that old the eight bit style of them, the old original Castlevania style, mm-hmm. that's how those are done. Nice. Yeah, and I do. All right, yeah. a lot of money to plunk down for these Halloween games we've been talking about. <laughs> Before we uh, wrap it up, let's uh, talk a few honorable mentions. I uh, have I was watching Ghostbusters earlier, and uh, I'd be remiss not to mention Ghostbusters the video game uh, that got a remaster a couple of years ago. I mm-hmm. remember playing through nice, that. Nice. That's great, just because it's got the all the it's basically Ghostbusters three before this new one comes yeah. out. Uh, yeah. They got the original, and it has cast Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yep. Something that this new yep. movie will not check that one out. It's a good one. And also uh, anything um, from the makers. Oh, what are they called? Play Dead. Uh, anything from the, the oh. developers Play Dead, who make uh, Limbo and Inside. Yes. That's a great double feature, too. Big fan of both of those. Uh, honorable okay. mentions. Joe, <laughs> any honorable mentions uh, from you? I, I go through these real quick. Um, not really a Halloween game, but really good uh, atmospherically. Uh, came out on the PC in 2000. It's uh, Kiss, Psycho Circus, The Nightmare Child. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a first-person shooter. And you, it's in this like weird, evil carnival world that Kiss had created for their Psycho yes. Circus album, like Kiss the uh, Band, and like Kiss, Kiss the, the Band, band. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. and like there's there's enemies based on songs, and like it's full of Kiss music, but like yeah, you've got these enemies called the Strutters, and whenever they come around, you hear the song <laughs> Strutter. No like it's, it's really fun. It's it's a oh, good it's game. So it's actually good. a pretty tight yeah, shooter. It's legit. Um, it, it was. Uh... I believe it was built on the Quake engine, like the original yeah. Quake or Quake 2 engine. Third Third Law Interactive, who I think used to be based out of Dallas, uh, mm. put that together. Um, it's it's a good one. There's yeah. also Iron Maiden's Ed Hunter, if we're talking about metal <laughs> bands that have made FPSs. Um, wow. That one's kind of fun. Not as, uh, n- as in-depth as Psycho Circus was. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more of just a rail shooter. Um, guys... 1987, we saw the point-and-click horror games on the NES, Shadowgate and the Uninvited. Um, Oh, yeah, Uninvited, yes. Yeah, those were some some good ones. And the last one that I want to bring up, and Jay's probably familiar with this, but I'm not sure you are, Joel. It's called SCP Containment Breach. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. This game is... This game is terrifying, and what you what's going on is Jay. I can't remember like if you're just supposed to be like someone working in this lab, or if you're like a, a, a like a security guard or something. I, th- I think you are. I think you're either part of the experiment, or you are like yeah. I think you might be a, a security guard. So uh, Joel, you're in, you're in this facility, and like there's all these monsters being held like in these in storage, basically. Oh, it's like and Kevin in the woods escaping. Yeah, it's yes. kind of Kevin in the Woods. They're all escaping, <laughs> and they all have different. They all have different abilities based on your movement oh, no. or your your patterns. And like you, dude, it is so crazy. It's terrifying. This looks horrifying. Uh, yeah, yes. yeah, dude. Yeah. Oh my god, so, what is uh, that? <laughs> you should watch a few videos of people playing. <laughs> I'm looking at pictures yeah. though. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh, yeah. That looks so fun. Those, those are my my honorable mentions. Nice. All right, Jake. Uh, quickly, what do you got? Good one. Good one. All right. All right. So quickly. Uh, all right. So until dawn is yeah. is one that uh, one that I completely did not expect it to be something that I would love. Like it's. I don't know if it's David Cage or if it's just done in a very similar style to David Cage games, um, which I'm not usually a fan of, but I love the way that this was done more like a scream style of movie oh. where 
it, it's paranormal things are happening. You've got this psycho killer that's that uh, may or may not be, you know, may or may not be a But then, but then you come to find out that it's it's not like it's all somebody somebody that you know it's you know and and it's a uh somebody that you've been interacting with throughout the whole game Ooh. uh and not realizing that they're just kind of fucking with you and and uh I like that yeah good stuff good stuff uh and then of course um metroid pretty much <laughs> yeah any game in the metroid series specifically metroid dread um That's right there in the title in the title yeah um but yeah any any of the metroid games a great uh, atmospheric kind of horror uh, builds tension as you're as you're exploring through. Um, even though you get more powerful as you get your power ups and you get more badass and you start start blowing through things that were giving you trouble earlier on in the game, um, it still constantly has the ability to make you stop in your tracks and not want to go farther because you know you're about to get your ass handed to you. <laughs> nice. That's it? That's all your honorable mentions? That's it. Wow. That's my two. My two. All right. Lots of games to play uh, during this last week of the Halloween season, so uh, hopefully, listener, you're inspired, and uh, you'll play one, if not all. No, there's no way you can play all these games, but, uh, you know, <laughs> pick one, uh, enjoy the Challenge season. Challenge accepted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and if you have some uh, Halloween games that we didn't mention, uh, please sound off on our Facebook page, 16-Bit Gladiators there, uh, or you can also tweet at us, uh, what is it, at 16-Bit Gladiators on Twitter, uh, and uh, links to that and everything else on 16bitgladiators.com. All right, next week on our little podcast here, uh, I alluded to it earlier. Uh, in the year, and also in this episode, when I was talking about uh, Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, because uh, LucasArts were the makers of that game, and uh, they have quite a history. They have made several uh, PC games and also console games. They're all over the place, uh, and I was going to say defunct, but they're as kind of coming as back. As long they didn't right? have Star Wars in the title, they were pretty good. That's uh, true. No, That's true. Yeah, they're still, they're still going. They're still going, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And, uh, yeah, I know there's another Indiana Jones uh, game that has been announced. Uh, we'll be coming out, and that's got LucasArts all over it. So figured it's a good time to talk about uh, the history of all the LucasArts games uh, from the past 40 years or so. Uh, so that'll be next week, and uh, tune in to see who joins us to talk about LucasArts games. Uh, all right. Any, any plugs before we uh, wrap up here? No. I mean, I uh, I guested on the, the Geek Roundtable podcast for mm. their Halloween episode, Ooh. Uh, and we we talked about horror movies, our favorite horror movies, uh, and that that was a fun time. Uh, got to got to talk with Kenny and uh, and a great. This was a great panel of people uh, on this one. Uh, Tom Antonellis, who I've uh, I've been on with a few times, uh, he is a uh, a voice talent, and hmm. and it's funny. Like this dude is, you know how like I'm really bad at self promoting. This guy <laughs> is like a master at it. He's uh... so good, and I I don't mean to be disrespectful. Like I am in awe. Like. I look at his social media posts and he's ever mean. like every one of his posts, he's constantly tagging like himself and his projects. And like, you know, he'll, he'll tweet like really enjoyed this week's episode of the Mandalorian at Mark Hamill. You know, <laughs> I remember when I was a kid 
and me and my sister who co-hosts my podcast talking about our Luke Skywalker at hashtag Luke Skywalker. Uh. Like, <laughs> if there's a hashtag for it or an at that he can throw in there, he's and again, I don't mean any disrespect. Yeah. It's just Smart. he he is on his game. PR. And uh, mm-hmm. I love I love talking with this guy. I love when we get to do the show together. So yeah, if you if you want, check out the Geek Roundtable podcast. We're talking about horror movies for Halloween. Uh, it was a fun time. Nice. Yes, I very much want that. And we'll be listening. Uh, I'll let you know. A listener, you mm-hmm. should do that too. Where again can they find it? Uh, iTunes, anywhere. Just look up the Geek Roundtable. <laughs> Geek Roundtable podcast. Yes. Yeah. I, I enjoy it every time you're on. Um, not so much when you're not. No, just kidding. They're always great. <laughs> check them out, Geek Roundtable. Uh, but before you do that, of course, check us out. I'd like to give a plug for my daughter selling magazine subscriptions and nuts for her Girl Scout shirt. Dude. No, dude, we you have... guys both, thank you so much. Both of you ordered a bunch of crap and uh, well, totally appreciate it. I, I can't take credit for that, but uh, I have been enjoying <laughs> uh, your lovely nuts, Joe, for the, the past You're week welcome. or so. <laughs> I'm, uh, it, it's a relief to know that you enjoy having my nuts in your mouth. Your sweaty balls. I need to, I need to, come, and, uh, I need to come and pick up your nuts personally. <laughs> uh, they, haven't been delivered, they haven't been delivered to her yet to, to give mm-hmm. to everybody, so once they show up, I'll, I'll let you know. Yeah. But yeah, nice. everyone who did the delivery option... They got their stuff really quick. My father got his stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's a deadline, and like once that deadline's done, they're going to ship everything at once to her. Uh, okay. Okay. So, uh, cool. Get your orders in now if you want Joe's nuts yes. in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. DM me. Slide into my DMs if you want my nuts. No, 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 don't do that. Cut that part out. <laughs> All right. Well, enjoy your Halloween season. Be safe. Uh, wear a mask. <laughs> so you could do that anyway. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will see you next week for another episode of the 16-Bit Gladiators. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. What the fuck are we going to do now? You've been listening to the Next Wave Radio Network. That's fucking gold.